You know, today for a few moments, I'd like to minister to you and enrich your prayer life and, and kind of try and get you to pray the way that you pray at church everywhere. Now, you won't be able to shout out on the bus, and that's not what I mean, but to be praying in the Spirit, okay? And so, we're going to just learn about the last piece of spiritual armor. So, if you'll turn in your Bibles, please take your seats. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, and, and let's just do two things at once. First of all, shall we welcome all of our guests who are with us today? Let's welcome them. Great to have you with us. And also, shall we just honor the Lord by honoring our worship team of how they've been serving us today? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I want to speak for a few moments about, and it's kind of timely for where we are in the church, all prevailing prayer as a weapon in spiritual armor. Ephesians 6, verse 18 reads like this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And pray in the Spirit wherever you are on all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it, declare it fiercely, fearlessly as I should. Today we want to talk about praying in the spirit, enriching our prayer life in such a way as we learn to be led of the spirit in prayers. Any tactic from any general in any warfare is to knock out the communications of the enemy. Right. And, and so what the enemy wants you to do is to get your prayer life knocked out so that you're not in, con in communication with the Father. So this is a really important weapon. Some have even questioned, is this really a spiritual armor weapon? But actually, this is a foundational piece of the armor. This is the overall piece of the armor. You can't put any other parts of the armor on unless you're praying in the spirit. It's the general time, all, we pray all the time piece of the armor. And it's the piece of armor that pushes us through specific moments. This piece of the armor, all spirit praying, is it gets us through our general life, but also it breaks through specifically. Now let's look at the life of Jesus. Did you notice that Jesus prayed specifically at moments for it? He prayed so much that it was like his general way of being. Jesus prayed when he was baptized. After he healed people, Jesus was praying. Before he chose his disciples, we find Jesus praying on the mountain. After great miracles such as feeding the 5,000, he withdraws to pray. When his ministry got so busy, often we say, I'm too busy to pray. Jesus was so busy, he had to pray and he withdrew and prayed. And I've got references for all these. In fact, when he was being transfigured, as he was praying, he was transfigured. 
He prays for his disciples in the upper room the night before he's arrested, praying that they would be one. He prays in his most severe agony moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays and says, not my will, but your will, Lord. He prays from the cross. Yes. Have you ever said, oh, I just can't pray? Well, I don't know how many of us have been nailed to a wooden beam and he still prayed from there. Thank you, Jesus. You can pray anywhere. Yes. And as the Bible says, in all occasions. Yes. We have Jesus as our model to say, you can pray in whatever situation it is. Yes. A lesson for us is, as we pray more generally, you're going to have more specific breakthroughs. Some people, they say, oh, well, I just pray all the time. When you pray all the time, some significant things and moments begin to happen. Now, do you remember me with Kathy last week with the sword of the spirit, that it's the spirit sword and, and all of that? Well, this is praying in the spirit. It's not just having a time of prayer. It's prayer that's enabled and motivated by the spirit. This prayer is dependent and led by the Spirit. So before you launch off and say what your agenda is, it's prayer that pauses and says, Holy Spirit, what's on your mind? It's prayer that says and recognizes in your present situation that you need God and you throw yourself on God. Many of us know Jude chapter 1 verse 20, which, which tells us, that you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We say that verse, but we don't understand its context. Jude was saying how tough it was. Jude was saying we're in the end times. And Jude was saying you're going to need to pray in the Spirit. It's prayer that recognizes that there's only so much you know. There's only so much that you can know and you can say, so you actually need to depend on, to be led of, to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can really connect with God. You see, praying in the Spirit is not just praying with our mind. It's praying so that we're released from slavery and fear. In fact, Romans tells us that the Spirit prays with us and reminds us that we are children of the Father and that we don't have a spirit of a slave. It's praying that says, I know that I belong to your family, Lord. It's praying that we feel that confirmation and that witness back that we are connected with God. It's praying, and Paul says, I don't pray with my mind all the time. I declare mysteries to God in 1 Corinthians 14. It's praying so that you're saying the words that you want to give me, that's the connection that I need. Praying in the Spirit is not just launching off in prayer. It's pausing and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, how will you lead me? What would you want to say through me and in me? Maybe you will, just as I'm preaching perhaps, just under your breath, say, Holy Spirit, will you begin to help me to pray in partnership with you? 
You see, spirit prayer as a weapon can be both attacking and defensive. A defensive type of prayer is what Jesus prayed over Peter. He said this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you. I prayed that your faith won't fail and when you come back, you'll convert many people. Now as a defensive type of prayer, that still disrupts Satan. In fact, just for a moment, why don't you just put your hand on somebody's shoulder again and just pray protection over them. Just, just say a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, protect this person. Let them not be sifted like wheat. See, we're praying a defensive prayer. But today I want to teach you something. I want to teach you some attacking prayers. And I want you to go into your week saying, well, I just usually say, bless me for this and Lord, can I have that? But actually, let's try and begin to learn some attacking type prayers where we can disrupt what the enemy does. Now, turn, make sure you look in your Bibles at verse 18 there. Because we want to just look at what all prevailing prayer is. Ephesians 6 verse 18. First of all, let me, let's, let me take you through a biblical theme. Here we are in verse 18. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. That's prayers that says, God, I'm your son. I, I release from fear. I'm being led of you. I'm being dependent on you. I'm not just launching off. Pray in the Spirit. But it says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. And saying 1 Thessalonians with your false teeth in can be often difficult. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, pray continually. In the context of serving God in the end times, Jesus told a parable about a persistent widow. In Luke 18 verse 1, he says, Then Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. In Ephesians, it's in the, all in the context of standing against the evil day. And Paul says, you need to always pray. There's a theme in the Bible of the first attacking type of prayer, and it's this, persistent prayer. Prayer that is continual. Prayer that's all the time. Now, this type of prayer is not just a time of prayer or a quiet time, but it's an attitude that will keep, that you keep all the time and that your life becomes a prayer. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want you to get the excuse and say, oh, I've got the attitude of prayer, so you never actually kneel down by your bed and pray. But it's that type of attitude where we have a connection to God all of the time. Philippians 2 verse 1, let this attitude or this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. What this means is, there is never a situation where we won't take it to God in prayer. Have you ever thought to yourself, oh, I'm not even praying about this. That's, you're out of the spirit there. There is never a situation that you've never given up praying to God about. It's an attitude 
where we could not turn, that we could turn to prayer at any moment. That wherever we are, we're only a hair's breadth away from praying. In fact, we are kind of praying all the time as we live our lives. And what Paul is saying is, stay close in your attitude to the Spirit so that your life is, is almost a prayer to God. I want you to notice something in the Scriptures. That the prayers that really did something were not long prayers. They were often really short prayers. Elijah, uh, Elijah excuse me, didn't have to say a long prayer to call fire down from heaven. His life, his posturing, his positioning, his attitude was already a prayer. And therefore, he just said, fire. <laughs> you see, we've got to learn this life of consistency that our attitude is connected to God. Praying on all occasions at all times. Stuart Holden wrote a book in 1874 uh, called The Prevailing Intercessory Prayer. And when he was in Egypt as a uh, soldier, he met another Christian who was really bright. And he said, why are you such a bright Christian? He says, I'll tell you why. He said that I, when I wasn't a Christian, I gave this young private, I was a sergeant, he was a private, such a hard time. And we came in off sentry duty one time with all our boots muddy. It had been raining and uh, full of sand. And, I, and the, the private came and knelt by his bed and started to pray, even though we were uh, a bit grubby. So I took off my boots and threw one, hit him on the head, he carried on praying. I threw the second boot, hit him on the head, he carried on praying. And I just went, ah, forget it. And he went to bed. In the morning, he said, there were my dirty, muddy boots polished and cleaned, bright and sparkling right by my bed. And then that was his answer to me. I got so convicted that I gave my life to Christ the next day. You see, it's your life and your attitude that becomes a prayer. It's how you conduct your life. It's how you live your life that you're only a hair's breadth away from praying in any situation. Attacking prayer is being ready at all occasions to breathe a prayer to God. It becomes an attitude that you live in. I wonder if you've got this sacred, secular divide. That you pray, do your 50 days of the Holy Spirit, and then you go off into the day without any reference to God whatsoever. Or whether or not you've got this constant attitude of, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? That's how you disrupt the plans of the enemy. Because you stay in that attitude of communication with him. The second type of uh, prayer, an attacking prayer, is seeing the bigger picture. It's more outward-looking prayer. It's not persistent praying. It's what I call panoram panoramic praying. Or big picture praying. Have a look at verse 18 with me. Paul says, we need to make our praying uh, just much more focused, not on our needs, but on the needs of others. Look what he says. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying, not for yourself, 
but for all the Lord's people. Have you noticed that spirit praying is an outward focus praying? It's a praying for others. It's a seeking on behalf of how other people are doing. In fact, we see this pattern in the Lord's Prayer. Have you noticed that the Lord's Prayer starts with, Our Father, hallowed is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before you ever get to give us this day our daily bread, you've looked at the Father. You've you've prayed about the kingdom. You've praised Him. You've started to have an outward focus. You see, what I'm trying to teach you today is... Don't make your prayers so inward. Now, I'm not saying you have to deny your problems, but there are some people, myself included, sometimes our prayers are all about us. And if you make some of your prayers for all the Lord's saints, that you reverse the focus, the Holy Spirit begins to use you. You know, I'd even go as far as to say this. Sometimes the worst thing you can do with your temptations is to keep praying about them. You need to confess them. You need to hear what the word says about them. Then move away from dwelling on them. You know, some people pray like this. Lord, help me not to see how fine he is. Because he is so fine, Lord. And you know, Lord, how much he smells. He smells so fine, Lord. Oh, Lord, he walks so fine. And oh, he's such a brilliant dresser. He is so lovely, Lord. Please help me not to be tempted with how fine he is, Lord. Because you know how fine he is, Lord. Some of us need to stop praying about our temptations. Start claiming the word. Move on. Move away from them. Amen. If your prayers become inward, and the more inward they become, you have a law of diminishing returns. That you, you begin to come in on yourself and you end up, instead of praying, you know what? You're moaning. Instead of praying, you're dwelling on your problem. You need to turn your prayers outwards a bit. You need to start seeing the panoramic, the bigger picture. There's James Philip wrote, wrote a book on Christian warfare and he makes this point. Relate your little battle to the big battle. Take your prayer and say, why am I being attacked in this way? Why am I under attack? What relation does my attack or my temptation have with the overall strategy of God? What's going on? You know what? I would imagine that if we had an attack confession now, some people would say, oh, I'm being attacked at work. And someone else would say, you know what, I'm being attacked at work. And someone else would say, I'm being attacked at work. And then somebody would say, I'm being attacked in my family. And somebody across the room would say, you know what, I'm being attacked with the family. Why do you think that you're both being attacked? It's not about your personal attack. God's trying to bring the whole thing down. And often, your personal attack is about the bigger battle that the whole church is in. And what you've got to do is step back and say, what is God trying to do through all of us instead of only focusing on just your personal battle? You're being attacked 
because of what you're committed to. It's not about you all the time. It's about the fact that God wants to move in BCC. So he's going to try and make you miserable so that you spill over into someone else. Because the enemy is trying to disrupt what the big plan is. So you've got to start having an outward focus and start stepping back and saying, you know what? This private battle of mine is not just about my private battle. It's about the enemy trying to disrupt the church of which I am a part. So don't take everything about your battle so personally. As the main battle moves forward, so will yours. As God fills his church, do you think he's going to miss you out? No way. No way. Do you think he's going to mean that your burden and your struggle is not going to be answered? As he moves us all forward, the whole mission moves forward. You know, the devil is absolutely terrified that if we get our act together and start being the church we're called to be. He's absolutely trembling if the saints of God dwelt in unity, fought the battle and moved forward together. He's absolutely worried that his kingdom will crash down. Why do you think our nation is in so much turmoil? Why do you think there's so much division? It's because the enemy is absolutely worried. But if the Christians who are called by my name would pray, humble themselves, God would heal their land. Your battle is not just your battle. It's our battle. So, when you pray, and when you pray for BCC to prosper, you will prosper. Who is the worst person in the Bible, or had the worst situation in the Bible? Let me answer it for you. Joe. Man, I wouldn't want his life, even if you paid me. But you know what it says? After all of his struggles, in Job 42, verse 10, it says, and his friends didn't treat him well. They didn't treat him well. It says, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. You see, if you'll turn your prayers a little bit outward, and if you'll stop making it all about that thing you're going through, And if you with Paul will pray for all the saints, wherever they may be found, and turn your prayers as an outward thing and say, God, I am struggling today, but God, I'm going to pray for my church. I'm going to pray for my friends. I'm not ignoring my struggles, Lord. I just told you about them 15 times, and I think that's enough. I'm now moving on to pray about other things. Amen. You see, I can teach you something about praying in the Spirit today, but you've got to have your ears open. You've got to keep that attitude where at any single moment you can pray. You've got to keep an attitude where you're asking all the time through your day, and there's a kind of private conversation with you and the Holy Spirit, and then you'll begin to learn that the Holy Spirit will drop things in your spirit. I know you've got to concentrate on your job. I know you can't be praying sometimes when you're supposed to be doing other things. I get that. But you can keep your attitude close to God. And then if you'll turn your prayers outward and begin to pray for other people. You've said your requests. 
You've presented your request. You're not denying your struggles, but you're saying, okay, God, I trust you with them. Have them. Now let me turn and pray for my pastor. Let me turn and pray for our ministers. Let me turn and pray for our worship team. Let me turn and pray for our food bank. Let me turn and pray for our church. And Lord, I pray for my nation. I pray for my boss at work. And you start praying for an outward thing. God begins to move in your life and in your spirit. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's just worthy, worthy of all what we do. You see, you've got to have persistent praying. And then you've got to have this panoramic praying, this outward focus praying, this big picture praying. But the final attacking prayer is that you've got to have a focus in your praying on something important. This is what I call particular praying. Zero in on something. Make that its specific focus. Paul said it this way. In verse 19 he said, praying in the spirit on all occasions, praying for all the saints. And then he said, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Can you focus your prayer on that whenever I speak, the words I may be given, that I may be fearlessly made known, the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is praying for penetration. It's praying for breakthrough. It's praying to say, God, can you use that person? Can you change that situation? Can you focus and really pray into that. You see, I think prayer, praying can be really boring. It can be the same old things again. Lord, bless the flowers, bless the trees, bless the honey. Let me have some, you know. It can be like that. But if you start stepping up in a maturity in your praying. And use this little simple formula I'm giving you today. That you'll keep your attitude close to God. That you'll turn your prayers a little bit outward. But if then you'll focus on a person. Or on someone. Or on an issue. And you'll, like Paul says, pray for me. That I may be able to. You'll see changes. Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3. And the first three verses said this. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Pray that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly. Or run like wildfire, the original means. And it be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. You see, this is prayer that says, unchain your gospel, Lord. Use Pastor Mark. I wonder how many of you actually pray, God, use Pastor Mark today. I'm sure that you do. Or use our ministers in what they're doing today. Lord, use me at my workplace today to speak so that things change. Pray that, that, pray that hindrances don't uh, make uh, any headway into our mission. That hindrances are removed. Prayers of protection so that we're strengthened. You see, today... I want us to spend a little moment in prayer, if you will. Why don't we stand together? I'm going to ask Natalie to come.
But let's become more varied in our prayer. Let's change our mode of praying. Let's not just do the same things over and over again. As we pray persistently with an attitude of prayer, bringing everything to God, that will involve us listening too. It will involve us walking through our day saying, what are you saying, Lord? Yeah, it's fine to have a time of prayer. It's fine to have a structure to that. But when you get up off of your knees, let's not leave the Holy Spirit in that private room. Let's take him with us throughout our day. And let's begin to pray panoramically, big picture. With the big picture in mind and the outward focus in mind. Father, wherever your church may be found today, wherever BCC is scattered across this city and this West Midlands, Lord, we pray for every one of them that you may use them today as you may use me. Let's begin to pray. Big picture. What are you doing, Lord? And as we pray particularly with focus and with specifics, saying, God, will you penetrate this situation with words? You know, when I've been witnessing to someone... I've often said, Lord, would you send someone else to speak to them as well as a confirmation? Have you ever prayed that? And then it's amazing. When Kathy uh, was becoming a Christian, there were Christians coming out of the woodwork all the time. Everywhere she went, there were Christians who kept witnessing to her because somebody had prayed and said, would you send somebody else? You see, you think it's just down to you to lead that person, but why don't you pray that God sends five, six, seven, eight people just to blitz people that you were working on? Amen? Pray with focus that things change. So here's a simple way of, of praying in the Spirit. Let's pray always. Let's pray always. Let's always have a breath of prayer under our lips. Let's pray for what God is doing for everyone. And let's pray specifically for real change in someone's life. 